Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Wednesday the 1st of October 2014, entitled, Blessed are the Merciful. And the Bible reading is taken from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 7. Here's Brother Jim Dunath. We were, uh, as mentioned, we were here back in 99. Peter was here in 99, right? We were back in 2002. Man, it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like 12 years ago. When we were here in 99, I spent a whole day upstairs, up in there. Well, actually, my wife and I stayed there for several days, didn't we? But I spent the whole day up there on the phone uh, trying to uh, work out the details. Travel agents, don't trust them. So I rented a car down in London, and I told a travel agent we're going uh, from London and uh, we're going to go up to uh, we're we're going to go up to uh, uh, Birmingham. I don't remember exactly how we worked everything, but then from uh, from Birmingham here, we went through Wales and took a ferry over to Ireland to see the Leadbetters. Don't know if you know the Leadbetters. Well, we found out. Uh, I found out on the plane while I had some time to sit and look at the fine print about the car that I rented that you can't take it from uh, Great Britain over to uh, Ireland. And I had fully planned to just, you know, it's like we're taking the cat uh, over over there and we're just gonna hop on that thing. We'll just drive right on and, and drive right off again. And I wasted a whole day trying to, trying to figure out the details and, and I had to forfeit the car and pick up another car over there, drive that car around and then uh, forfeit that car, come back here, pick up another car. And uh, like one car wasn't hard enough to figure out, you know, so. Uh, just uh, got some strange rules over here as far as driving goes, but uh, I'm picking up on them a little bit. So far, we got here in one piece, and I'm excited about that. Uh, I was uh, uh, I was raised in a predominantly uh, Catholic area. Western New York is is uh, predominantly Catholic, and uh, if you're here and if you're Catholic, I'm not uh, I'm not don't mean anything by it. I was raised that way. I was one, and. Uh, uh, I sort of just uh, stepped back from that whole thing when I was about 12, 13 years old and, and uh, stopped going to church and uh, stopped uh, my quest, I guess, if I was even on one uh, for God. I know I'd asked, uh, uh, I had asked my, my mother back when I was about six or seven uh, what it was like, uh, what heaven was like, and was I going to go there? And, and, uh, and she, just, uh, she just gave me a, you know, a typical answer. It's like, well, you don't have anything to worry about. It's a long way off, and I'll get there before you do. And, and uh, you know, I guess as a six- or seven-year-old, it's like, well, ho-hum. Uh, it just didn't really do a whole lot for me. Uh, and I spent uh, the next several years, next 20 years, uh, without the Lord in my life. And uh, when I was 27 years old, someone asked me out, uh, asked me to go to church with them. And uh, I felt sorry for the fellow. He was going through a hard time in his life. And, and I figured I'd just go and, and try to be a, uh, an encouragement to the guy. And he was a dear friend. And we got to the church, and it was a Baptist church. Well, the only thing, oh, my goodness, the only thing I knew about Baptists is they don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't chew, uh, they don't know how to have any fun, okay? They just stay away from the Baptists. And uh, whatever you do, don't marry a Baptist because, uh, you know, the whole idea of a dry wedding, there's not going to be any booze at the wedding. Are you kidding me? 
And uh, just, uh, so stay away from the Baptist. Well, this fellow invited me out to church. I didn't even think to ask him what kind of church it would be because there was only one kind. And uh, well, we, we got there and it wasn't that kind. It was a Baptist church. And I said, oh my goodness. And I stood outside the doors. Do I dare go in? And uh, so I went in and uh, the people greeted me with smiles on their faces. It was a couple hundred people and and everybody smiled, shook my hand, okay, I had my, my long hair, I had my bib overalls, you know, and, and uh, just, uh, uh, you know, just still living that, uh, that lifestyle and uh, the alcohol and the drugs and the lasciviousness and, and all that kind of thing. Well, I just sort of, you know, bopped in there and sat down in about the second or third row and I listened to a preacher preach. And uh, somebody uh, took a Bible, and a Bible came over my shoulder like this and was opened up to the page, and a, a big, long finger said, that's where the preacher's preaching from right there. And it's like, you, yeah, you use the Bible here? And uh, so, uh, so I opened up, I had the Bible there, and I was looking at the Bible and reading the Bible, listening to the preacher, and halfway through the sermon, I, I said to, the, uh, I said to the, the fellow that brought me, I said, Joe, I said, this is the first time I've ever been in church. And I actually understand what's going on. It's in English. And, uh, and, and he's talking about this right here. And I said, I understand that. Well, the preacher, uh, preacher gave an invitation uh, at the end of his message. And I tell folks I must have been retarded because I waited for three verses of the invitation uh, before I slipped my hand up and stood up and said, that's me. And I, and I, walk, I mean, you'd have to be retarded to turn down Jesus Christ and the in a gift of eternal salvation, amen? And uh, I stepped out, I, I, I stood, up, uh, stood up in my place there and, and uh, let myself uh, through to the aisle and came down in the front and, and I said, I, I want somebody to take a Bible. And I, I wanted to know what that was all about 20 years ago. And I waited 20 years to hear uh, the good news. And uh, uh, someone took me off into the side, into a side office and uh, they showed me how uh, that God loved me and created me and, and uh, wanted to have a relationship with me, but my sin separated me from him, but that he loved me so much that he redeemed me back to himself uh, by dying on the cross. And if I, would, uh, if I would just humble myself and pray and ask for forgiveness for all my wickedness, that he would forgive me and make me his dear child. And that's what are we waiting for? And so the best I knew how, I'm sure it wasn't a very uh, flowery prayer. I, I'm sure I missed, you know, a whole bunch of things, but it's like, Lord, I, I'm wicked, and I know I'm wicked, and I'm sorry, and I'm asking for you to forgive me, and, and uh, the Lord made me his child that day. And, and I walked out of that church, and I, I remember walking back to my car, and it's like it sort of hit me. What just happened? And I looked up, I looked up, at, the, I looked up at the sky, and there's a... Uh, uh, clouds and sunshine and and man I just I started skipping it's like I'm going to heaven I'm going to heaven and uh, I'm telling you man it's just an exciting time and and uh, I stumbled around for a few years in my uh, in my Christian walk amen I'll be honest with you and and I had a tough time and uh, I won't go into those details but it took a, it took a while before I got rooted I uh, I went to a church I got to tell you this story I have a message here but so far, this, so far, this is it, amen? I got saved at 27, and uh, that's my notes. And uh, uh, 
So I, I moved. That was up in Niagara Falls, New York, where I got saved. I was living up there. And uh, long story short, I, I moved to Buffalo, uh, baby in Christ, still had the hair and the, and the overalls and, and all that. And, and, uh, uh, but I started going to a little Baptist church around the corner from where I lived in Buffalo. And uh, the folks seemed to welcome me, but when, it, when I uh, asked if I could become a member of the church, they had a committee there. And the committee said, well, we have rules about church membership, and you don't qualify. And uh, I still had some issues, okay? And I said, well, uh, sir, I'll be honest with you. I said, I've been coming to the church now for a little while, and I'm sure that you'll understand. I'm sure that there's no one there that would uh, disagree that I'm saved. I'm a saved, born-again child of God. I got baptized up in Niagara Falls, uh, believer's baptism by immersion. And, uh, and I think that you're supposed to, you know, uh, you know suffer with the weak and, you know, uh, and help, and help me along. And uh, I don't know a whole lot of Bible, but I want to be a member of your church. He goes, well, uh, if, then if uh, you, you still have these issues in your life, then you and Jesus can, can, uh, can handle those issues. And I said, well, if me and Jesus are going to handle them, then what do I need you for? So I grabbed the pastor's daughter, and we, uh, we, we ran off and we got married. <laughs> Seemed like the most noble thing I could do at the time. Uh, uh, well, make a long story short, uh, shortly after we got married, there was a knock on my door, and it was a pastor that was starting a brand new work uh, in western New York, and uh, he had gotten my, visit my visitor's card from another church that I had visited, and that pastor didn't want to have anything to do with me either. And uh, sort of reminds me of my kids. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, anyway, this pastor got, this, this new pastor got this uh, visitation card from another pastor. And uh, so he came knocking on my door, and we invited, I invited him in. And, and uh, well, long story shorter, uh, uh, we started going to that church, and that was Old Time Baptist Church. And, uh, and they accepted us. They, uh, they made us members of the church, and we started to grow. I started to grow spiritually, and, and uh, the, slowly but surely, those issues that kept me from being a member over there, uh, uh, once I was accepted here and we began serving the Lord, and one by one, those issues started to fall, uh, fall away. Uh, as the Holy Ghost of God said, you know, this you got to do some things about these areas. And, and uh, you know, the other folks over there, they were right, but it just, it just doesn't happen overnight. And uh, so uh, I was a contractor for 20 years and uh, serving the Lord at my church. And my wife and I taught Sunday school. I ran the music department, and we started the bus ministry over there. We, uh, I, we went to uh, the jails from time to time. We did the nursing homes and brought the kids with us to do the nursing homes. And, and uh, while I'd be working on my contracting business, you know, pounding nails, and I'd be saying, Lord, there's got to be more to life. There's got to be more than this. There's just got to be more than just pounding nails. And, uh, and uh, when I was 50 years old, he called me full-time into the ministry and uh, just uh, changed, my, changed my life. And uh, I surrendered uh, to go into a helps ministry. I wanted to be able to help churches. I wanted to be able to help uh, missionaries. I wanted to be able to help pastors and, and uh, love to travel. And, and it's like, Lord, if you'd let me do that, I'd love to do that. Well, 
uh, don't you know that, uh, well, we went to Texas, and well, we were all over the country getting support, and we worked with churches down in Texas. We worked up in uh, Nova Scotia and Canada and, and uh, different areas. And uh, finally, I went back to that church, uh, my wife's dad's church, and uh, he was getting much older now. And uh, they asked us if we would do a VBS. Well, you know what a VBS is, Vacation Bible School. And uh, they asked us if we'd come in and do a Vacation Bible School for them. And uh, during the course of that week, I said, Dad, I said, uh, you're getting older. I said, you're going to want to retire soon. I said, uh, what are your plans for this church? He said, well, I'll be honest. I'd love to be able to turn it over to someone that believes the book. And I said, well, I'd like to help you find someone. And if you'd, if you'd, if you'd let it, uh, uh, maybe uh, Lois and I uh, would come. We could help that individual uh, with this church and, and uh, get this church you know, up and running. The church had dwindled down uh, considerably. The average age of the folks there was about 85 years old. And, and, uh, and her dad was just real tired and uh, fighting some of the folks there. By the way, her dad... Uh, and her mom, they wanted me to be a member, but because the, they had these rules over here that had to be abided by, and uh, uh, so they, you know, we weren't allowed in. But uh, so we had a guy all picked out to uh, to take that church, and uh, meanwhile we continued to work with the church. And as it turned out, that ba that guy just backed right out, and uh, and they voted me in as the pastor. I think that's hilarious. The church that wouldn't let me become a member voted me in to be the pastor. And it uh, just completely, I mean, God's, tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. God's got a sense of humor. Amen? Praise the Lord. And uh, anyway, that just, that's my testimony, okay? Is it all right if I give you something from the Word of God now? It's going to take a little while. Uh, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And... Uh, just uh, see what we got here. Matthew chapter 5. And uh, beginning there in uh, verse 1, uh, the Bible says this, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they, for they shall obtain mercy. I want to preach on blessed are the merciful. And uh, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I'm grateful for mercy, dear God. Lord, if there's anyone out there that needs mercy, it's me. And I'm thankful for the mercy that you've extended thus far. Uh, Lord, it certainly has helped me to be merciful uh, uh, in the past. Lord, I'm asking that you'd speak to each and every heart that's here uh, this evening. Lord, I have no idea who uh, all these folks are. I don't know what all they're going through. I don't know their past. I don't know their present. I don't know the issues, Lord but you do. And Father, I'm asking that you touch each and every heart here this evening. And uh, Lord, I'm asking these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain 
mercy. I'm saying we live in a world that's not very merciful. Uh, Cain uh, was not very merciful uh, to Abel, was he? Uh, Pharaoh was not merciful uh, to the children of Israel. Uh, Absalom was not merciful to David, his own father, showed him no mercy. Uh, the, uh, the religious crowd uh, certainly was not merciful to Jesus Christ. Uh, and they had every reason. Uh, they, they didn't need to show mercy. They needed to, sh to show him not guilty in the first place. Uh, but nevertheless, they weren't merciful. And, uh, and, the, and the world just isn't all that merciful toward Christians or toward anyone that just doesn't happen to think like them. And uh, that's just the way things are. And that's, uh, that's sad because God's desire from the very beginning uh, has been to want to dwell with mankind. Mankind just isn't very merciful and just doesn't want to see things God's way. Man wants to see things his way because he's got all the answers. Just ask him. And uh, it was God's desire in the garden uh, to spend time with Adam uh, and with Eve. It was uh, God's uh, desire uh, when the children of Israel came out of, uh, came out of uh, Egypt. Uh, God said, build me a tabernacle that I may dwell with you. That's God's desire. God wants, God loves mankind. I don't understand why, but he does. Uh, he made us uh, in his likeness and in his image. Uh, he gave us a body. He gave us a mind, will, emotions. He gave us a spirit. He gave us a soul and, uh, and wants to have fellowship with us in spite of who we are. I mean, that's a, that's a mighty God we've got there. Not only does God want to dwell with us, but not, not only does he want to dwell with us, he wants to bless us. Isn't that good? I mean, God, God loves, I mean, if this world just understood, God, man, God wants to come down here and he wants to live with you and he wants to show you he's, he's a whole lot smarter than we are. I mean, he put all those stars and those galaxies and those nebula up there and, and, uh, and all that other stuff that's out there. Man, he's so way far beyond us, it's not, and he wants to dwell with us. But on top of that, he wants to bless us. Man, it's good. It's my Jesus. The world doesn't understand right and wrong. God understands right and wrong. The world doesn't understand right and wrong. The, the world doesn't understand ethical and unethical, moral and immoral. Uh, the world doesn't know what moral, morals are anymore. We've lost our moral compass as a, as a human race. Regardless of where you come from, uh, we, uh, uh, we lost our understanding of, of true religion and holiness. We don't know what that means anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm not talking about just uh, uh, Christians. I'm talking a whole world, but I'm talking to Christians as well. Uh, political correctness. What in the world is political correctness? We just don't want to offend anybody. You know what political correctness means? When I, if I want somebody to be politically correct, it simply means that I'm too stupid to defend my position and they're better at defending their position and I don't like being told that. Oh, they didn't like that very much, did you? Sorry. No, I'm not. That's what political correctness is all about. It's about people that can't, uh, th they know that they're wrong. They can't defend being right. They can't justify it. Uh, and so they just, well, you're just not, well, you're offending me. Back off. And that's how, and that's how they justify themselves. I need my space. And if, and if you're going to confront me with the truth, then that doesn't make me feel very comfortable. So you're not being politically correct. 
And I'm saying political correctness belongs in the garbage can. Uh, uh, mankind doesn't understand, what, he doesn't even begin to understand what's good uh, for the good of mankind, okay? And, and when, you, when, you see, uh, when you see this whole world and the way the, the you know, I, I think I have an understanding of the, of the meaning, you know, the wheels, the wheels coming off. The wheels are coming off this world. When I think about that, I'm thinking of Pharaoh charging through uh, the Red Sea on the dry ground, and all of a sudden the wheels came off, and they were just overwhelmed. That's what this world is coming to right now. They're just like Pharaoh charging through there, and the wheels are falling off, and I'm saying this world is a nuthouse being run by the inmates. And it just, uh, it's crazy out there. Well, we're talking about a beatitude. And this is a beatitude. Let me tell you what a beatitude is. A beatitude is a blessing that's ascribed uh, to a particular uh, character trait, uh, a particular characteristic or a particular attribute. That's what a, that's what a beatitude is, okay? Uh, it's like if you're like this, you'll be blessed. There's a particular characteristic that you have to be this way in order to get that blessing. Amen? Uh, blessed... Uh, uh, blessed uh, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's a beatitude. It's a conditional blessing. If you don't go and seek worldly counsels, uh, you know, worldly uh, marriage counselors and financial counselors, if you'll seek godly counselors that'll give you biblical advice on an issue, uh, God will bless that. You say, well, those Bible counselors, they don't know anything. That's not the issue. The issue is, do you get God's blessing or don't you get God's blessing? And we're looking for something spiritual here, amen? And uh, he'll bless us. Uh, he said over there in Revelation, he says, uh, Blessed is he that uh, readeth uh, and understandeth this book. Right? That's a conditional blessing. And that's what Beatitudes are, okay? Uh, those that are truly blessed are those uh, that humble themselves uh, here in, in uh, verse 1. Uh, uh, verse, where am I at there? Verse uh, Verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit. Those that are truly blessed are those that are humble uh, and realize their spiritual bankruptcy. They, they realize their need spiritually. Lord, I'm lost and I'm undone and I'm spiritually broke. I'm spiritually bankrupt. And dear God, I'm looking for a bailout. God says, you got that kind of an, uh, an attitude about spiritual things. You'll be blessed. You'll hear the truth. Uh, blessed are those that mourn. And uh, not, not those that are uh, walking around laughing it up, yucking it up through life. Okay? Uh, blessed are those that mourn. And uh, that's a pretty strange statement to make. And Jesus, uh, Jesus mourned there at Lazarus' tomb. And he certainly wasn't mourning for Lazarus because he knew what he would do. He was mourning at the unbelief of the people standing around that just didn't get it. They just don't understand who's standing there uh, in their presence. David mourned over his own sin. Uh, 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 when's the last time you mourned over your own sin? Daniel and Jeremiah uh, mourned over uh, the lost condition of Israel. When, uh, let me ask you this. When was the last time that you mourned over, uh, over England, over Great Britain, and, and, and over the sinfulness and the wickedness that's, uh, that's taken place? And, and uh, I know that... Uh, I know that uh, 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 is Britainers, is that, what's the right term? What's the right term you talk to? The British, right. And uh, 
Uh, I, the, the British aren't that uh, much different uh, from Americans. It's like, oh, you just, oh, you don't know us. You think, uh, well, the bottom line is uh, America doesn't have any idea where it's going. And when I'm seeing some of the decisions that uh, that England does with, uh, with with some of the uh, with some of the, uh, uh, the the things that they're the the, uh, the things they're concluding, uh, it's like they don't know. They got it wrong. They didn't get it right. They missed it. And uh, I know I know what's going on with our borders over there in America. And uh, then I listen to the uh, uh, British news here, and I'm it's like they got the same problem over here, and they don't know what to do. It's like, how could you possibly know the British Empire? Remember, you're the guys that, like, you could take care of virtually everything. How could you not take care of this little border? Because the truth is they could. But that's what happens when the light goes out. And when you, and you, when you go your own way and do your own thing and, and uh, you, cut God out of the, uh, uh, you cut God out of the equation and, and somehow think you got all the answers, and that's where the world is at. So... We're not all that different, amen? Blessed are the meek, not the arrogant, not the forceful, not those that want to force the world to think the way they think or we're going to kill you. Terrorists aren't blessed. They're cursed. Uh, The meek are going to inherit the earth and not the terrorist uh, and not anyone that sympathizes with them. Bible says there, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Uh, those, that, uh, uh, those that find out what's right. Uh, I, I told you about the, the, that church wouldn't, uh, wouldn't allow me to, uh, to become a member. But you know what? I was hungering at that time. And I was thirsting. That's why I was there. I needed, uh, I needed a drink. And I needed some spiritual food. And, uh, and I needed direction in my life, and uh, and I and I needed someone that could uh, that could show me what is uh, what does God say is right, and what does God say is wrong, and what's wrong with having a drink here and there, and what's wrong with smoking cigarettes, and what's wrong with going to the movies, and what's wrong with doing a little dance once in a while, what's uh, what's wrong with rock and roll, what's wrong with all that stuff, and uh, and they just didn't have the time. Tell me, it's like you're just not there, and you got to get yourself together before you step in here with us. I don't need that kind of Christianity. I hope this church isn't like that. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Those that find out what God says is right, and then they line up with them, and, uh, or at least start working toward lining up with them. Amen? Those that want to know what God's opinion is and, and uh, change their opinion. People say, well, what, do you, what do you think about this? And I say, it doesn't matter what I think. The truth of the matter is it doesn't even matter what you think. What does God think? Let's go and find out what God says, and uh, and He's right. And if we don't, and if that's not our position, then we're wrong. So let's just change our position. Well, that's not very politically correct. Well, you already know what I think about politically correctness. Uh, several years ago, I, uh, I I have a motorcycle, okay, and uh, I love my bike. It's a, it's a BMW. It's an R seventy five seven. Okay, it's a it's a nice old bike. It's a classic. It's a seventy seven, and uh, I don't have any idea on uh, how many miles it's got on it because the odometer broke years and years and years ago. And uh, I go in and get it inspected every year, and and uh, and I get it inspected in the same place. And the fellow looks and he goes, "This this bike's got less miles on it this year than it did last year." Huh? 
I says, yeah, it's going backwards. I don't understand it. And uh, <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm, I'm, riding, I'm riding bareback. I'm riding backwards, amen. Uh, but, uh, but I have this bike. And, uh, and as I mentioned, Lois and I started a bus ministry years and years ago. And about the second kid to get on that bus uh, was a 12-year-old uh, from the back of the bridge, okay, if I could say it that way. And uh, from the from the wrong side of the tracks, okay, the other side of town, and uh, is that this side? Is that where we are right now? And uh, that's good because that's my crowd. I like that. And uh, so anyway, he uh, he he uh, he he came to church and he grew up as a young man, got saved as a teenager, and and uh, kept on going, coming to our church. He married one of the young ladies in our church, and they started having children, and he began to develop character and, and uh, hold down a job and uh, this, that, and the other. And, and uh, one day he came to me, and he says, uh, he goes, Brother Jim, he says, my, uh, my wife wants to go uh, out west and visit relatives, and we only have the one vehicle, and I won't have any way to get back and forth to work. He said, uh, do you think there's any way I could borrow your bike? Yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah, you can borrow my bike. How long are you going to need it for? Uh, two weeks, just two weeks. I said, okay, two weeks. That was in May. Uh, I finally, finally caught up with him uh, in February of the following year. Uh, I don't know what your winters are like here, but we were talking about the winters uh, and the blizzards in western New York, and uh, I, uh, I ended up... Uh, uh, going over to his house, I had somebody take me over to his house, and and uh, I was my plan was a mi it was a mild day, and I said I'm 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 going to get this bike I'm going to get this bike home because he's never going to bring it back, and uh, of course I turned the key and dead as a hammer it was sitting out in the snow uncovered in his yard all winter, oh my goodness, the chrome. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm telling you, you think it's funny. It, uh, the chrome was all rusted. The side, the side view mirrors coming off the handlebars, all pitted and rusted. The handlebars, all rusted. Uh, the pedals, the shifter pedals and the brake pedals, uh, all, uh, all rusted. And, and I've got the, uh, the rack that has the, uh, it's got the little luggage, uh, uh, little uh, for the baggages on, the bags on the side, saddlebags. And it's got those nice hard cases on the side. Uh, they're, they're all faded now and, uh, and rusted on the top. The chrome is pitted away. The chrome on the bracket uh, on either side, uh, that's all pitted. Uh, the chrome pipes. Uh, on the side, I mean, everything. I mean, this bike, this, like, I, my heart sank, and I wanted to cry, and I wanted to kill. I mean, I just wanted to kill. And it's like, how could you, how could you be that characterless as to leave this thing after you borrowed it for two weeks in May or June or whatever it was, and then I've got to wait for eight months to finally get the time to come down here and get it myself and find it in this condition? I got it home. I had, to, I had to go out and borrow a pickup truck and somebody to drive it. And then the two of us lifted the bike up on the back of the pickup truck, hauled it back to my house, and I started working on it through the winter and the spring. And, and I had to pull the carburetors off and take them out and uh, take them out, get them rebuilt. I emptied the gas tank, and it was like orange juice coming out of the gas tank, okay, like tang. 
It's just full of rust and water and gasoline and, and the gas tanks now, the, the water uh, rusted, uh, rusted uh, holes in the bottom of the, uh, of the tanks and, and uh, he went, out, you know, went to go look and see how much it cost for just a used gas tank for that bike was like $400 for a used dented uh, gas tank. And it's like, my goodness. And uh, I finally got the bike running. Uh, it, was, uh, it was springtime. It was sometime around May. I picked it up in February. I think it was May or June when I finally got the bike running. And I, I fired it up. And, of course, there had been nothing through the pipes at all uh, for probably a year. And uh, so they were all backed up and plugged up. And, and the pipe, uh, the one pipe heated up. And I, and I burned a hole in my leg like this. And uh, I mean, just right through, right, right down to the, right down to the meat in my leg, and still got a scar. And uh, and you say you must have wanted to just kill that guy. It's like I wanted to kill that guy. I was telling the story uh, a few days ago, and a fellow said he goes, he goes, if that would have happened to me, he goes, I would have settled it with a shotgun. This was a Christian brother, right? Shotgun would have taken care. That guy would have taken care of your bike. He would have taken and made that thing right. Talking about mercy. Problem was, this guy didn't have the character to fix it. And I knew it. he didn't even have enough character to bring it back. He didn't even have enough character to pick up the phone and say he wasn't going to bring it back. He just didn't have any character. He had all. He was hanging on for dear life, just to keep the marriage going, keep the kids fed, keep a job, and uh, and and make it to church uh, on a on a faithful basis. And and that was taking every ounce of character that he had. He didn't have anything left. And uh, so I knew that there is no point in going to this guy and say, "Hey, listen, you need to make that right. You need to pay the chrome uh, to rechrome this thing is going to cost over a thousand bucks. That gas tank right there is four hundred bucks. Side view mirrors, uh, there. Uh, I mean, we're talking over two grand here. And then who's going to do all the work? You? He's not going to do all the work. He doesn't have the money. He's living in a rundown place now, and uh, so obviously he doesn't have the money for this thing." And the whole time I'm working on this bike, and I'm aggravated at him, the Lord's working on me. I don't know if anybody's ever had that go on. Amen? I, uh, I still see this guy once a month. Now, this happened probably 13 years ago. And to this day, that fellow does not know what I went through to get that bike running. He has no idea what he did. And I haven't said anything to him. And I'm not, I'm not upset with him anymore. You say, well, uh, your, friend, uh, your friend deserved to have to pay for that bike. And I'm saying, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And, uh, and I decided that uh, while, uh, while I was working on that bike and while God was working on me, and uh, God said, well, uh, what about you? And what about all the things you can't fix that you broke? What about those relationships there that you broke? What about, uh, uh, what, about, uh, what about the things that you said over here that you can't take back now? Like, Lord, why do you got to bring that up? Well, because you're bringing it up. You're the one working on the bike. Well, yeah, but God, Lord, Lord, look at the scar on my leg. And yeah, well, look at these scars. I did that for you. And uh, I just decided, I'm, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the guy off the hook. 
I'm going to forgive them straight out. And I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, that's what mercy's all about. Just like, uh, I'm not going to avoid them for the rest of my life. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look at them, and I'm going to smile, and we're going to be friends, and we're going to be good friends, and I'm not going to say anything about this because he can't do it. And if I tried to make it, it would absolutely devastate him. Uh, he, uh, at the time, uh, we were both obviously going to the same church, and, uh, and it would have polarized the church, uh, and, uh, and half the people would have been, the people would have been getting on his case and saying, you need, to, you, need to get, you need to get over there and fix Brother Don't Ask Pike. And the other half would have been saying, Brother Don't Ask, you need to ease up on that guy, right? And, uh, I mean, it could have caused a church split. And uh, there's plenty of those going around. But the idea is, uh, he's helped me out a number of times. You say, "Where's?" Uh, it says, "Blessed are, uh, 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 blessed are the merciful, for they shall be blessed." Right? Or they shall receive mercy. They shall receive mercy. And uh, let me just say this: uh, God has shown me mercy numerous times since. And uh, and I've uh, that fellow right now. He uh, he is the manager of uh, of an automotive shop. And. Uh, I'll go in there, and he looks up to me like I'm a, and he's told me, I can't tell you how many times he said this. He says, you're, you're like my father, and uh, I, consider, I consider your kids like my brothers and sisters. And so when you come in here, you, you all get the family right. And uh, I'm, I'm, giving you, I'm, I'm giving you the best discount I could possibly give if my own if, if anybody from my family came in here, uh, what, I, what I charge me, that's what I charge you. You have any idea how many hundreds of dollars he saved me? I've got a Suburban at home. I had to put brand new tires on it. Just that one, uh, just that one purchase, I think he saved me like $300 just on, just on the tires alone. Uh, my kids go in there, and, and, he, and he works... Uh, he works on their car uh, after hours, and he'll put it up on the lift, and, and he'll fix their car, and he'll say, well, the parts, the parts came to this, and, you know, don't, don't worry about anything. And they'll slip them like 50 bucks or something like that after he spent who knows how long on it. And it's been, I mean, I'm saying that's been going on for years. I'm blessed. And, and, uh, and the Lord showed me mercy through that whole thing. And, uh, and I've, been, uh, I've been blessed as a result. And uh, listen, when God works you over like that, there's no point in arguing with God. And uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is we need to learn to be merciful. What, uh, how do you value your friendships? How do you value your relationships here in the church? What would, it take, what would it take to get you so upset that you'd walk out that door? What would somebody actually have to do in here to bust up a relationship and, uh, and for you to say, that's where I draw the line as far as mercy goes. That's where I draw the line. Where is that? I hope it doesn't exist. I hope, I hope instead that you say, you know what? Uh, regardless of who I bump heads with or who steps on my toes or who, I have, uh, who I'm discontented with here, uh, I'm going to do all I can to work it out. And, uh, and if I believe that they're wrong, I'm going to let them off the hook. And uh, like God let me off the hook. I'm going to be merciful. I want, I want God to show me mercy. God has shown me mercy so many times, it's, it's, uh, not, any, uh, it's not even funny. Uh, this, uh, this man is still, uh, still my friend. Let me uh, catch up to my, uh, to my notes here. Uh, 
Oh, I know. I wanted you to turn over. What, do I have? Am I, we doing okay time-wise? Do I need to shut it down yet? Or we all right? Uh, Matthew 18. I'll be done in just uh, just one more page. Okay. Matthew chapter 18, if you would. Matthew 18. I want to, I want to read the story to you real quick, and I'll try to abbreviate it. I appreciate your patience putting up with us and uh, having mercy on us. Amen. Uh, Matthew 18, verse, uh, verse 24, verse 23, I'm sorry. It says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would uh, take, an account of his, uh, take account of his servants when he begun to reckon. One was brought unto him which, which, uh, uh, which ought him 10,000 talents. Uh, how much is that? It's a lot. Okay, uh, for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. You owe me and you're going to pay and your wife and your kids and everything you have. And, uh, and, you're, and you're all going to work there until I'm going to take all your stuff, add that all up, and then you're going to work until that's all paid off. And uh, the servant fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I'll pay thee. And then the Lord of uh, that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. And you know the rest of the story. Uh, that, uh, uh, that man that was forgiven, uh, that man went out and he found somebody that owed him a couple, uh, uh, a couple of pence. And, uh, and, and he grabbed that guy by the throat. And he goes, you're going to pay me every last penny that you owe me. And uh, when the king found out how the guy treated that guy, uh, he, he said, he goes, after I, after I forgave you, you went out and you did that? Shame on you. And uh, what, does it say back, uh, what does it say down there in uh, 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 verse 33? Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered, unto him, uh, and delivered him to the tormentors, Till he should pay all that was due him. You say, uh, well, that that doesn't apply to us because we're not going to the tormentors because we're uh, because we're uh, we're saved. We're we're saved, born again children of God. Well, uh, but what about what the Bible uh, talks about that uh, uh, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and spiritual wickedness in high places, and they know how to torment us. They know how to torment our marriages. They know how to torment our homes. They know how to torment our, our workplace, and they know how to torment our minds and our, uh, and, and our emotions, and they know how to play, uh, play games with us, and we have uh, eating disorders and sleeping disorder and, and, uh, and, and nightmares, and, we ha and we, uh, our, our relationships break down. I'm talking about Christians. That are being tormented. Christians that have uh, every disorder that the world has, and uh, and and on the medications for those disorders. And uh, listen, I'm if you're on meds, I'm not I'm not trying to uh, uh, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just saying uh, maybe uh, maybe there's some tormenting going on because maybe we simply haven't been as merciful as merciful as we could have been. Maybe we needed to forgive that mom. Maybe we needed to forgive that dad uh, for what he did. Well, well, if you would have known what he did, he doesn't deserve mercy. That's exactly what mercy is. It's not getting what you deserve. And uh, I'm saying uh, uh, this, uh, uh, this 
this fellow here said in verse 35, So shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, uh, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother. Everyone his brother. I don't want to be given over to the tormentors. I don't want that. I want to, uh, I want to live with God's blessing on my life. I want, uh, I want uh, God... Uh, to uh, uh, to be merciful to me, Amen. I need mercy. I still need mercy. Yeah, I might uh, I might have gotten those things squared away on the outside, uh, but there's things still going on on the inside that I don't have squared away yet. That God knows all about. And if we were to plug into, if there was a USB port here on everybody, we could find out uh, what's what's uh, what's tormenting you and what's troubling you, and uh, find out where you are on the merciful meter. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? We don't have that. God does. He knows. The Bible says over in uh, John chapter 10, don't turn there, it says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. That sounds like a tormentor. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Maybe some of the things that we need, maybe we need to let God off the hook some of the things that have taken place in our life. Because it wasn't his fault in the first place. He didn't cause it. Different manifestations of being tormented. I'm saying if you have issues of, uh, with some of these different things that I've mentioned, there's a good chance that you haven't let go of some transgressions or some transgressors in your life. And you haven't let them off the hook. And maybe you're going to wait till they're, they're laying on their deathbed before you make things right. And I'm saying, don't do that because you're being tormented every day that you don't. Take care of business today and get the tormentors off your back. That's basically the message here. If you're honest with yourself and with God, God will reveal to you who it is you need to uh, forgive and who it is you need to be merciful toward uh, and uh, maybe, uh, and it may be that you got it wrong, all wrong in, uh, to begin with. Maybe they didn't even do what you thought they did or said. Amen? I'm saying, uh, if, you have, if you have to go to somebody and make things right with them, do that. Get the tormentors off your back. Maybe like me, maybe you just, uh, maybe if you're like me, maybe you just never said anything. Maybe you just... Don't say a word, just I'm forgiving them. I'm going to have mercy. No, they don't deserve it. But I'm just going to back off. I'm not going to cause trouble. I'm, uh, I'm going to do the spiritual thing, and I'm going to show mercy. And I'm not going to say a word. I'm telling you, God will help you. God will help you if you do that. And let's pray. Father, I'm grateful, Lord, for the word of God. And uh, dear God, I'm thankful that, uh, that Jesus gave us this example. And Lord, not only did he give us this example here in this parable, but he also lived it out uh, when, the, when the religious crowd was merciless and beat him mercilessly and nailed him to an old rugged cross. And, and uh, he shed his blood there on Calvary. Lord, he looked at them and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And uh, Lord, if any crowd never deserved mercy, it was that crowd right there. But you forgave them on the spot. Lord, help us. We're Christians, Lord. We call ourselves Christians. Help us, Lord, to be Christ-like in this area of mercy. And Father, I'm asking these things in Jesus' name. Amen.